1: all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder.
0: Hello and happy Halloween. Welcome to another episode of Before My Time on this wickedly evil, chilling night. I hope you're all having way too much candy, a little too much bourbon, and a whole lot of fun. And thank you for joining us as we are about to talk about the 100th year anniversary of Nosferatu.
1: We're here to entertain you, we'll sing your song.
0: Hands are playing, soon you'll be swaying, so come on,
1: sing along. It's Halloween. We're releasing this a day early. It's Halloween and you had the idea of visiting the German Express Oh my god, I can't say words. You you talk. What are we talking about? <laughs>
0: We are talking about the German expressionist horror film Nosferatu. It is a silent film from 1922. And that is right. It is the hundredth year anniversary of this film.
1: That is correct. A hundred years of Nosferatu, which is essentially just the first Dracula adaptation, uh, but legally not Dracula.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, they were like, this is not Dracula, but it totally was Dracula. And then they got sued and they were like, that's Dracula. And they're like, no, it's not. And then they try to ruin all the films because they were like, get rid of your Dracula. That's not our Dracula. And then they're like, Haha, our Dracula, which is not Dracula, survived. And here we are a hundred years later talking about it.
1: Yeah. They're like, how, did, how can you say that's Count Dracula? That's Count Orloff. Or whatever. It is. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Orlock. Yeah. Nosferatu is a silent film in 1922, and it is an unofficial adaptation of Bram Stoker's Dracula, which was a 1897 novel. So they made this film and it was made by F.W. Murnau. I'm guessing I'm pronouncing that right. Who knows? They did get sued. Stoker's widow, I think, Florine sued them saying, no, that's I already said it was Dracula. And the court ruling was basically that all copies needed to be destroyed, Um, And they did try to do that, but there was already world distribution. And so there are films that survived. But there are now, I guess, there are different versions and different cuts because obviously there was not a DVD going around of Nosferatu with like director's cut behind the scenes. And so it's like whatever they actually had the different versions that got distributed. So there are like slight differences in some of the versions, which I don't know what they are don't, it's yeah, not really I, that important. One. All
1: I know is I watched the I watched the hour and three minute version last night.
0: You will never get that time back.
1: <laughs> it's not terrible. It's not.
0: No, there's some really <laughs> cool shots and stuff. But anyways, let's get into just kind of like the cast of what's going on. So we already said the Dracula character is Count Orlock, and he's played by Max Shrek, which is is funny because the german word Schreck actually means fear or fright so there was a lot of rumors that this actor max shrek was like folklore says he really was a vampire and people on set said he did like really bizarre things and whatnot and they actually made a movie about that
1: shadow of the vampire yeah, yeah. shadow
0: of the vampire
1: willem dafoe played thank you uh max mm-hmm. and john malkovich played the director In that film, the director knowingly hires a vampire to play his vampire in the movie uh, and has to constantly cover up the fact that his lead actor slash vampire is killing most of his cast and crew. Uh, And then it implies that maybe the cinematic demise that we see at the end of Nosferatu was actually him just killing the vampire at the end of production. Uh, it yeah. is clearly a giant fantastical movie, because I'm pretty sure Max Shrek did a few films after. Yeah, Fox he did, and before. No, it's like... obviously,
0: that's not how it went down. That that movie came out in 2000, which I thought was fun. William Dafoe got nominated for Best Supporting Actor in that movie, and then they were nominated for the Best Makeup that year, but they lost to The Grinch.
1: I don't know if I agree with that. But you
0: know what? <laughs> the Grinch, if you really think about it, The Grinch had some great, like, think about all
1: those Who's.
0: All those prosthetic noses true. that they had to do, and the Grinch. I think himself, my problem is makeup.
1: that I think the Grinches terrify me. <laughs> like I think the makeup on the live-action Who's is really unsettling. It's it's like what is that phrase? Uncanny valley. There's just something where it's like, oh, I don't like how this looks.
0: Fair enough. And, and you're okay with the way that Nosferatu looks. Yeah. It's like the most terrifying (laughs) thing ever. Oh, my gosh. For those of you who don't know what Count Orlok looks like in Nosferatu, A, Google it, and B, you're never going to sleep again. He's got more, instead of that traditional Dracula that we know of as the suave, kind of sexy, dark, big cape, big hair, swooning kind of man, Nosferatu literally looks like a little goblin, uh, almost like a voldemort i I'm not a big Harry Potter person, but pointy ears. No, but I was going to say he looks like a
1: human... He looks like if a bat wished to be a real boy. You know what I mean? Like, it's got, like, he's got, like, kind of fangs. He's got, like, the bald head. Like you said, his ears almost look like bat wings. Like, there is this very... And he's just tall. He's, like, a tall, lumbering They actually... I don't know if you
0: watched um, the last American Horror Story double feature last year. And it was, like, the vampires and the aliens. It was a double... literally double feature. So half the season was one story. Half the season was the other. And the first... Uh, story, sorry, um, was on vampires and they had these creatures and they based those vampires, like the day or something, off of Nosferatu. I actually auditioned yeah. to be one of those and they were like, "Are you willing to shave your head?" And I was like, "Yes." And now I'm like, "Thank God, no, I'm I do not no. shave my head." But um, they in the breakdown of the self tapes, it was like they put think Nosferatu and they so if you've seen yeah. that, that's kind of what. But I would say Google oh, cool. it. It's a really classic look that Count would- has.
1: I, I think Salem's Lot, the Stephen King uh, f- like TV adaptation of Salem's Lot, they also heavily uh, leaned into the Nosferatu vampire look as opposed to like the Bela Lugosi Dracula. Which it is really interesting to think about that like throughout the history of cinema those really are the two reference points when someone's doing a vampire <laughs> is it's either like they're the cool, sexy slick guy or they are like a weird human demon. Mm-hmm.
0: And that this really did actually establish a lot of like, we think a lot of our vampires and everything comes from Dracula and it does, but there's some things which I have a list. Um, I'm going to finish real quick, the cast and then I'll go and I kind of did a differences and similarities between yeah, okay. and Dracula, <laughs> but count Orlock preys on the wife who was played by Ellen Hunter Sorry, not played by the characters, Ellen Hunter, and um, of his estate agent, who's Thomas Hutter. I didn't write who the actors and actresses were because you will all be like, cool, I don't care. Yeah, (laughs) Um,
1: minus Max Shrek, No one is really a noteworthy anything. Mm
0: -mm. (laughs) No, exactly. So, (laughs) all right. So we're going to do a little compare and contrast game of Dracula and Nosferatu. So obviously, we have Dracula in Dracula and Count Orlok. And then um, the characters of Jonathan and Mina, who are in Dracula, are reflected through Thomas Hutter and, and his wife, Ellen. So they're almost kind of the same. The thing that's a little different, though, is Jonathan and Dracula is not the one that goes originally to Transylvania, to the castle, to do like the real estate deal.
1: Yeah, that's Renfield, right?
0: Yes. Yes, master. Basically yeah. my expertise of Dracula knowledge always comes back to Dracula dead and loving it. Like that's one hundred percent That's like I don't really know many <laughs> Dracula films that well, but that one I know backwards and forwards, which I already told you when I was preparing for this, all I could think in my head was, Yes, we have no We have no today. It just came in the mail. <laughs> so that's all I can think of. Um In Dracula it takes place in Britain in the eighteen nineties. Um, once they come home from Transylvania, but in Nosferatu, it takes place in Germany in 1838. So it does go into an earlier time frame, which kind of changes the style.
1: Do you think they also did that because they're like, well, when we get sued, we'll be like, no, our story happened before Bella. <laughs> Bella... <laughs> Look
0: at our. They were trying to do a before yeah. my time kind of thing. They're like, we're yeah. going to do an older yeah, like... timesy version.
1: Yeah. Oh no. What do you mean you own the copyright? I believe your thing was written in uh, 1890, but ours was in 1838. Exactly. So technically, you owe us money
0: now. <laughs> we were first. <laughs> exactly. No, and it, it takes town um, place in a fictional German town called Wisborg, but it was filmed in Lübeck, just in case you wanted to know that. I know you did. Um, no, but here's probably the biggest uh, credit that Nosferatu has to our modern-day vampires is Count Orlock dies by the sunlight, um, Ellen ends up sacrificing herself, which is very dramatic to lure him into her room, he kills her, and then the sun rises and it kills Count Orlock. which all of you are going, yeah, does sunlight kills vampires, uh-uh, doesn't kill Dracula, in the original novel, the sunlight weakens Dracula's powers, but doesn't actually kill him, so the only reason that now we have that kind of sunlight killing vampires thing is from Nosferatu, so fucking hell twilight kind of had it right <laughs> i am i don't even that's, i think i've seen one Twilight film and this. i was like they oh i can't you twinkle you sparkle you sparkle. that is the stu- <laughs> Um. don't get me started um anyways so yeah i thought that was really interesting though because of that and then also orlock only kills like if he's feeding off of you orlock just goes crazy and kills where dracula can kill and suck your blood but he can also turn people into vampires which that didn't exist with Nosferatu. And then I already said Orlok is more of a monster animal like with fangs and Dracula's the suave, sexy, aristocratic womanizer, if you will. And yeah, Orlok does die by the sunlight and Dracula is stabbed in the heart, which is also another way we know how to kill vampires. This is also an educational episode in case you ever run into a vampire. Now I'm just telling you how to kill them. Yes.
1: No, I think that that's very important.
0: We need to know that. Halloween's amongst us.
1: Yeah. Gelsie the vampire slayer. Yeah. So
0: exactly, but werewolves, you're fucked. I got nothing for you. Something about a silver bullet, right? Silver bullets silver. are pretty much it. Oh, great! I have all, tons of those. There is some interesting, like, uh, social commentary, I guess, of the time, but um, kind of some funny things. I-, I have a theory. So, Count Orlok brings not only himself—that's going to cause terror in the film—but he brings a plague-infected rats that decimates the population. And there's more of a fear in the film about these, like, this plague than there being a vampire. And I was thinking, maybe that's what COVID was all about. Maybe there's a vampire.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I wrote my notes. COVID vampire
0: question mark. (laughs) I'm just saying.
1: When was the bubonic plague?
0: That's, well, the... It was more about, so the, this is after World War One, and so the director had been through that, and then 1918 was the Spanish flu, and that killed 287,000 Germans alone. And so that's where kind gotcha. of this influential thing comes in, where you're getting these dark vibes, if you will, and themes from after a world war and a really bad flu which a lot of people have I mean that's the last pandemic that has hit as hard as COVID did so you know there's I'm not wrong (laughs) but there's that kind of influence where the director had just gone through these two things and so actually Prana Films is who made this movie and they were founded in 1921 and they wanted to produce occult and supernatural films so everything was on the occult was like what they were focused on Nosferatu was the only film that they ever created and they went bankrupt because I think they got sued. The All game. right. Well, then. I know. Yeah.
1: yeah it, was but, <laughs> it was a bad risk. It was a bad gamble on your brand new company.
0: Yeah. Not, <laughs> oh, and it, I know. Just don't make films on the occult, everybody. Actually, do, please, because I want to watch them. Um, but after World War II, critics did interpret Orlok's Plague of Rats as a metaphor for anti-Semitism in Germany. Which you know, that's oh, a I lot of like, that, yeah. It's I could see it, but then it's sometimes after things are made, and then decades later, people are like, well, I think this is a metaphor, and I'm like, okay, now you're just trying. You we can make anything out of everything. I could like, well, it's
1: uh, is it is it Annie Hall? Is that the one where, <laughs> where, uh, Woody's standing in line at a movie and he's listening to two people discuss Kurt Vonnegut books? And then he just brings Kurt Vonnegut out. And he's like, you've clearly never read any of my work because you're not even remotely capturing what I was trying to say in that book. Think is, you know what's
0: so funny is I was thinking about Annie Hall today. They, the radio show that happened to be on in my car when I was going to get coffee was talking about it. And like, that's so random. Uh, oh, wait, rats. I have something to say about this. but oh. So this is kind of fun. So there's all these rats in the movie. There was actually a casting call that they put... Um, an ad in the newspaper for rats. July 31st, 1921, <laughs> Prana Film ran a newspaper ad and it said wanted 30 to 50 living rats. And the ad was successful and they got all those rats. They <laughs> like. Could you imagine being like, oh, good morning, honey. Let me open up the morning paper and wanted, bring your rats. And you're like, oh, well, thank yeah. God I have this farm of rats, finally. Yeah. Gonna- At
1: last, I've been waiting for this day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that worked. Oh my God. They filmed all the transylvanian scenes in slovakia which is cool um and i know a little nursery rhyme about a which is a snail in slovenian the things my brain knows and the things that i can't retain it's great yeah i think it goes like if anyone can speak that language and i just butchered that i'm sorry but that's a little song about a snail anyways (laughs) oh my god i'm on one today the premiere was sounded really cool I really like want to go back in time like I have my question I'm pretty sure I've asked you Matt before if you had a time machine and you could go on a vacation when and where would you go and you can go to multiple places and my first answer is always Cairo 1930s just because duh like go see Death on the Nile. That's, I want to be there. I kind of want to go back in time and add this to my list of going to this event because it was done in Germany March 4th, 1922. And it was in the Marmosol of Berlin zoological garden. Zoological. Zoological. God, words are hard. Um, And basically the Marmosol is the marble hall of Berlin is what it's called. And it was a huge large society evening. And it was titled Das Fest des Nosferatu, Festival of Nosferatu. And the guests were asked to dress in Beardemir costume. I don't know, period Central Europe from 1815 to 1848. I, I can't pronounce my whatever that is, but period piece costuming. And it was a giant ball, like a gothic Nosferatu ball. Is oh, how they did that the premiere. Perfect that's perfect for you. Epic. I want to go to that.
1: That's some Gelsie Laurie shit right there. That is there some Gelsie Laurie
0: shit. I know. I was like, wait, dude, this just got dope. So that's really like the main facts about the film
1: so the, there's only one thing i want to talk about very briefly and this is going to be like slide my glasses up my nose film nerdness. Uh, i do want to talk very briefly on german expressionism because i'm sure at some point we could do a whole episode just dedicate it to it but as a as a person who really does like when i see german expressionism in movies i feel like nosferatu is kind of tame on a lot of the stuff that you associate with that genre comparatively.
0: I don't know many movies in that genre, I'm not gonna lie. Like if you held a gun to my head and say, name one, not Nose fraud 2 I'd be like, Well, looks like I'm dying. Like I Oh
1: yeah, see don't know. So anything. there's like the the big ones that I always think of are like The Gollum, The Cabinet of Dr. Kavari, Metropolis, and M. Uh, the movie M with Peter Lorre. Uh, but like the the tenants of well, here's the best way to explain it. 80s Tim Burton was heavily inspired by German Expressionism. So it's like dark shadows, very bizarre architecture, like almost making things look intentionally like it's a set on a stage and less like it's in the real world, like very kind of fantastical production. And that's why I feel like this movie just feels closer to a universal horror movie than it does like exaggerated sets and like a lot of shadow play like there is definitely shadow play there's sure shadow play this for movie. sure. yeah but but like i feel like this the sets aren't nearly as exaggerated as like here's a still from like the cabinet of dr kilgarry oh, like i mean super like super
0: tim burtony that looks like the um that reminds me of the hall and beetlejuice when they're trying to find the door that ends up back like barbara or home,
1: yeah, like almost paper mache sets. So I I do think that this movie is is definitely a part of German Expressionism, but I think it's it's on the tamer end. Whereas like Doctor Kogari is on the most exaggerated.
0: Yeah, Metropolis side of looks it. dope. I've always seen the posters for Metropolis, but I've never seen it. And I've always, even just by the poster, been like, I need to see this movie. What is it?
1: And it looks so cool. Here's the thing I love about um, <laughs> I love about owning a few of these silent movies on DVD. Is that because there's really no dialogue, if you have a TV or a a DVD player that can go to 1.5 speed, um, you can knock out these movies in about 30 minutes.
0: Yeah, (laughs) that's a smart way to do it because you don't really And still gain
1: the like, yeah, you get to see all the visual craziness of it, but you're not like sitting there in essentially silence for two hours
0: watching oh, I don't watching well a movie with, with some I'd, pipe
1: organ m- music but no,
0: i'd probably put like the rolling stones on and try to like fill the sound sync it up that'd be kind of fun <laughs> yeah. how like the wizard of oz and dark side of the moon sync up i'll be like yo metropolis Ooh. and should we
1: do an episode about that for fingers. the 50 year anniversary of dark side of the moon <laughs> i
0: don't really like dark side of the moon i'm not a big pink floyd fan
1: no, I'm not either, but I'm thinking talk about specifically, should I've we never, try to We watch, should try. I've never done it before. Should we try to do it?
0: <laughs> I'd be down. Cause we haven't even talked about The Wizard of Oz at all. Doing edibles before that.
1: So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come, baby, come, and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. So, Gelsey, we definitely took some shots at Twilight, and some would say deservingly so. But what I'm curious about is do you have... I, I would say Twilight's probably both of our least favorite vampire movies. Do you have a favorite vampire? I movie? I got
0: dragged to see Twilight in the theaters by my dad. I was like, Dad, are you serious right now? Like, I can't no. believe you're
1: still friends with him.
0: I know. <laughs> I was not happy. They've got a really good soundtrack. Though. I'll give them that. But anyway, I
1: I've looked at the soundtracks it's, to all five of the or four of those movies, and I'm like, wow, it's
0: obnoxious. They're very good. And <laughs> I'm like,
1: it's unfair how good these are.
0: That movie does not deserve <laughs> like, you.
1: It's like, what is Iron and Wine doing popping up? <laughs> <laughs> on the Twilight soundtrack. I don't know. But
0: Anyways, um, do I have favorite vampire movies?
1: Vampire movies.
0: I do. I mean, there's a couple ties. Like, obviously I'm gonna say Dracula Done Loving it. It's my number one all time favorite vampire movie, but it's always gonna be Interview the Vampire. Like when oh, you such tell one. me what do you imagine with a vampire, it's always Anne Rice Vampires. Like she she's got it. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I wanna see. And I wanna see that lace and walking with canes with carriages and I love New Orleans so I always want to see them in New Orleans and it's yeah it's everything I want I mean Brad Pitt Tom Cruise and Antonio Banderas all wearing lace with long hair vampires every time sign me up
1: I don't know I I do love the 80s vampire movies I I I enjoy the stuff like Lost Boys and Fright Night and I like um, Once
0: Bitten I just watched that again it's Jim Carrey's first movie I love Once Bitten it's horrible so
1: So I actually, there's another movie that came out the same year as Once Bitten, and it's almost the exact same premise, but I think it's, I think it's a funnier, better movie, but A, it's got a worse title. Yeah. It's got a worse title, and it isn't starring a young Jim Carrey, so no one remembers it, which is a movie called My Best Friend is a Vampire. That's the movie that introduced me to the song My Future's So Bright I Gotta Wear Shades because he had to start wearing sunglasses all the time in the movie. But uh, yeah, it's it's almost the exact same plot of Once Bitten. It's insane. Um, and then, yeah, like one that if you haven't seen it, I think you would really like, Gels, is have you ever seen Near Dark? Mm-mm. Okay, so Near Dark was a combination of a vampire horror film, a gothic romance, and a straight-up Western where it's about a girl who falls in love with a vampire who basically runs with a gang of outlaw vampires that just like roam the countryside and just like will break into bars and just massacre the entire like group of people drinking in the bar for a night type craziness, and it's starring Bill Paxton as like the main villain vampire that's just got like a, a blood like a taste for blood and murder. Uh, so it it kind of when they re released it the box art went from when I was a kid, the VHS tape was literally like a burnt up Bill Paxton with just the words near dark over it. Uh, and then the DVD came out shortly after twilight and it was the most like, Hey, we're trying to cash in on twilight bullshit mm-hmm. you've ever seen. Like it was like a blue black thing with like one guy's face, half in light and the girl's face on the other side. And it was like, it was embarrassing how much they were <laughs> like, trying to like sell it like another twilight. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I think you would like how it gender bends like or genre bends like four different. Yeah, that's the that's, that's the want to be Twilight cover that compared <laughs> to like
0: that. Yeah, <laughs> get like, get like two different here. movies,
1: <laughs> Like two completely different movies being advertised. I can't I hate when um, I hate
0: that. No, this looks good. It kind of reminds but, me almost of um, which is another vampire movie I like from *Dust Till Dawn*.
1: Yes, it, it's a little bit of that. Um, but I love it. Yeah, video. I think you would like it. I think you would like just it's it, it does a good job mixing three very dramatically different uh, genres and making it work. Um, now, if there's any vampire movies that we should have named that all the listeners are like, I can't believe we didn't name these. Uh, where can they let us know other vampire movies to watch?
0: Please let us know other vampire movies to watch on Instagram. You can find us at Before My Time underscore podcast or on Facebook. Just type in Before My Time. Let us know what it is. Maybe it's what is it? My Little Vampire. A Little Vampire. What's that title? <laughs> the
1: Littlest Vampire. The Littlest Vampire.
0: Maybe, maybe that's your jam. Let me know. Um Yeah, and while you're here, let us maybe have a five-star review. It'd be awesome. We love being able to reach out to new fans that love things that happen before their time as well. We appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in every week. And I hope you did really have a good Halloween. See you next week.